join us. Uh, or you can call in to join us. The number is 217-356-9397. Or you can text us at 351-5357. You can uh, phone in, text in, email us even at plantexperts at wdws.com. Our experts today would include... Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. And good morning, Steve Brown. That was a great stall, Tamara. Thank you so much. I mean, she was like, okay, let's say that again. Marianne can get in her seat, put her headphones on. I did too, didn't I? You did. You were graciously... You still beat John Weisgarver. Well, he'll he'll be here. He'll, be, he'll get here before the show's <laughs> over. No, but you know, I know he's out in the greenhouse right now. He and Omar are getting some uh, pipes laid out for the hanging baskets and stuff like that so i was gonna say it's he time. usually brings a cart full of not, not today not today <laughs> not today yeah all right no time for shopping today oh. no no show off gotta work okay <laughs> yeah chop, chop. i know the work thing you know i mean there's so much to do oh my over gosh. the course of the next few days it's crazy marianne got her first uh shipment of trees and shrubs in yesterday yeah. Which is just the very, not even just the tip of the iceberg. Scratch on the surface, it's barely. It's just barely. You're right. That's a good way to put it. So nursery stock will start to roll in right and left, really starting by the Wednesday or Thursday of Middle this of week, week and right. on. Mm-hmm. And so for the next three weeks, every day will be a different adventure yes. in terms of plant material being available and showing up. Yep. And, and likewise with color... And everything else, you know, we have that boatload of houseplants that came in about 10 days ago. And we just finished putting together an order for another truckload of houseplants that will arrive Thursday. So we'll have a bunch of hibiscus on there and uh, other foliage guys and some some good-looking stuff. Yes, and we've got um, uh, a great batch of perennials coming in Wednesday, fresh from the greenhouse. Some of the new for 2021 stuff that we pigged out on. And I'm hopefully excited. we'll have some Let's Chef go. Jeff veggies actually uh, by the end of the week. Nice. Um, wow. Just for people who want to play that. Oh, I want to pot it up into a bigger pot and play in and out games. Um, so there'll be all kinds of fun stuff. We have a few pansy bowls and uh, some nine-inch wicker baskets of pansies. Yes. With yes, a, mixed with alyssum. And, I, I got to um, tell you, pansies just make me smile this time uh, of year. Just make me smile. They make your eyes smile and that. your nose smile. Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Now go ahead. No. No. I, <laughs> just had like, to say it. Any chance we get for you smiling, we're... <laughs> I know. I'm a real frowny box. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> but coming out of the Arctic chill of winter, it's so nice to have blooms and color this early. I mean, uh, yeah. this is, the, what, the first weekend of March? But then again... Technically, yes, it is. No, not technically. Yeah, yes, it is. It period. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and daylight savings time is, starts next weekend and already. Week. Can you Can believe, you believe that? that? I know. So, it, so, yeah, like I said, Yay. it's just nice to see stuff Sunlight. starting to come in. And, and uh, yeah, and flowers. Yeah. <laughs> not just plants, oh, but flowers, and too. Linda and Ama and crew are doing a great job back in the production greenhouse. I mean, there's no color yet by any means. So all we're focusing on is hey, let's get a really good root system, and let's bring those tops along, and then let's bring the flowers on. So um, they'll finish planting the hanging baskets here by Monday. And then we've got the last batch of geraniums. The plugs will be coming in Wednesday sometime. So starting Thursday or Friday for about a week, they'll knock those out, and those will be the smaller quart pots. 
So there's all kinds of that stuff going on. I'd say it, within two weeks, the shrub lot's going to start to look like, okay, you guys are in business here. Let's shop. Yeah, yeah. let's go for it. So Awesome. It's pretty exciting. I'm wondering, exciting. what trees did you get in this week, Marianne, so far? I don't know. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> you're still unpacking. No. <laughs> well, no, I, it just, it's, I haven't had time to go out and look, but it, I just kind of glanced across at them and they look really nice. But what I got, I'm kind of excited about are some um, red buds that you don't usually see around here. They're variegated, uh, leafed. Really? Red buds, yeah. That sounds cool. beautiful. Kind of fun, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Let's get, get those Let's leaves going. And Let's I'm excited it. about that white weeping variety that you have out there. Yes. Uh, the habit looks great. Yes, it does. Yeah, a weeping uh, uh, red bud. The shape. Oh, the habit? Uh-huh. That's the shape. Of well, the, well, like the canopy? The, uh, the, or the, the, the yeah, the form of it, the habit of it. Um, the shape. a term used in, <laughs> in, in horticulture a lot. I guess I've never really thought about it before, but oh. habit, habit is how you might describe something, whether it's upright or broad-rounded or weeping or whatever it might be. Yep. I see. Yeah. All right. Just one of those things well, I just accepted well, I just, 40 years ago. <laughs> and I, Ish. Ish. I just, I, if you've mentioned it before, it didn't catch my attention. And if not, then, yeah, this is the first time I'm learning of habit. So we were talking yesterday. We were putting together some tips and things like that for uh, the News Gazette for a home edition coming up here in April about some early spring gardening tips. So some of them would have been more appropriate, will be more appropriate for April. Some of them are appropriate now. Even. Now, yeah. But talk about grass seed for a minute because we're going to have a lot of people coming in today, yesterday, the day before, and it's going to carry on with this nice weather that we're having. And they're going to want to do something. Mm-hmm. Understandably, we all want to get out there and work. So there's things you can do. Um, I know grass seed is going to be, there's going to be a lot of questions about that uh, over the course of the next few days. I haven't put a shovel into the ground since last weekend. And, of course, we had all that rain um, Saturday night, Sunday. But I'm suspecting that if not today or tomorrow or maybe by Tuesday, maybe before the rain comes in this week, we might be able to do some digging Maybe. I, I haven't know. had a shovel on the ground, but I'm just guessing that because of all the sunshine we've had, and, and kind of not breezy, but nice, gentle breezes that it's evaporated reasonably well. Probably, especially if you have sunny areas. Yeah. Uh, just on my walking through my properties, it's still pretty wet, but I have a lot of shade, so we can't really go by that. And certainly in areas that are lower where water drains down too, sure. you won't be able to do that. But I'm just wondering if there might be some pockets. Um, and the reason it's important for grass seed is there's no reason to put grass seed down unless you can't incorporate it into the top layer of the soil. Right. It really needs to be embedded into the, the soil. So just throw it on top willy-nilly. Doesn't do it. Yeah, you, you know, they'll, you, get, you reap what you sow. Well, you, you won't be getting much reaping out of that. There's, no. there's not going to be a whole lot of take. So yeah. the soil needs to be workable, uh, loose. Uh-huh. And, and we talked about how you know, if you want to find out if you can plant or if you can do something, dig a small portion of the soil and crumble it in your hand. And if it falls apart and crumbles back down and breaks up, it's probably workable. Mm-hmm. But if it sticks together in clods and clumps when you squeeze it lightly... Yeah. 
it's too wet still. There's your sign. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, the soil temperatures. Interestingly, I, I think this is interesting. Uh, considering how cold it was, um, not very long ago, mm-hmm. the soil temps at the four and eight inch levels are um, in the low forties already. Which so is a good. Which is sun, amazing. That the is sun, amazing. Okay, the snow was such a good insulator. Uh, it's just a great insulator. That's why we always say protect shrubs with, with or trees and shrubs with snow if you can or whatever that you've planted. But it it's an amazing thing that it, it's that warm that right now and and could make a dramatic dramatic effect if it dries out a little bit yes exactly that was my point <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't finish my thought there but yes that's exactly it. i don't know because i'm just you know that way in the mornings yeah i understand just, that <laughs> just understand what i'm what i'm saying what i'm thinking that what i'm saying let me ask you this though even before considering seed aren't there some things that we should be doing ahead of time like core aeration uh, anything like that I, I would only core aerate when this when the lawn is actively growing, and okay, and I wouldn't be out there in a hurry now. If I might be able to bump it a little bit, but um, I think it'd be probably pretty wet to be out there doing that too. I don't think I'd take it, any equipment out on on uh, a wet lawn or the soils right now. And again, you know, a few days could make a difference perhaps, or if we really do have the warm temperatures of predicting and some warm rains yeah. this week, I mean, we might see some major greening up the following week. You never know. Wouldn't that be special? I'm just just envisioning that. (laughs) Yeah, It would be so nice. But we don't recommend that you fertilize early. We follow the recommendations by the turf grass department at the university, and that would be to fertilize closer to Mother's Day. And and so if you want if you choose to put down a crabgrass preventer in the spring, we would recommend you do that separately from a fertilizer application. And we have one out there that's designed for that. Uh, but of course, we sell the Turf Builder Plus Halts, which has the crabgrass preventer fertilizer in it that has a million dollars worth of advertising or more behind <laughs> it. And we have the Step One product and all that kind of stuff. So we have the other thing, but uh, that's how we would. We would roll. But you know, when would Steve Brown do a crabgrass preventer? He would probably do it closer to the first of April, unless it's a oh, unless it's a really warm spring, early spring, and then he might be tempted to do it a couple of weeks before. Okay, which is right now, which, which is, is now, <laughs> or in a couple of weeks. Good point. But so, depending, yeah, yeah, but but it all depends it as we talk depends. about. Yes, it does. If you're going to do some major seeding, you want to be careful uh, what type of herbicide you put down. You know, oh, for sure. Because that can prevent the grass from germinating. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So you'd have to use a specialty one that's designed for when you're seeding that would allow the grass seed to germinate and. Almost everyone on the pro- on the market doesn't allow that, so we do carry a specialty one that will allow you to do both things. So you just have to be real careful and make sure that you're reading the labels. Okay. And when in doubt, ask an expert. You have a lot of them here at Prairie Gardens. It's so nice. <laughs> By the way, this is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. Our phone number is 356-9397. That's 356-WDWS. Or you can text us at 217 217- Three five one five three five seven. Teacher, teacher, it's my turn. Yes, Ms. Metz. Can I say something? I just to somebody personally on the radio. Is that okay? Oh yes. I I want to thank Harper for the avocados. She oh. actually sent oh. us avocados. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you did. Yes. I I am just. <laughs> 
You can still taste the garlic from yesterday? It was wonderful. <laughs> well, in fact, that's what we have here. So we have one for you, Tamara. Thank you. And here with some chips and some freshly made guacamole. Yeah. And then we've got an extra one that if somebody... Can we arm wrestle for it, guys? Yeah, Come between on. The, between the two <laughs> of you guys. Maybe we should since share. Since you guys play nice it was, together. It was so nice of her to do that. And, I, and the guacamole that was made from those, because they ripened pretty quickly once they got here. Mm-hmm. It was just fabulous. But I, it just tickles me to death that, that we have a, a listener who's... Uh, Engaged with us. So, yeah. So, so those cool. that didn't hear, it was two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. Harper called from Santa Monica and had a question about Sanzaviria and how to split it or mm-hmm. transplant Divide it, it uh-huh. something like that. And then she also mentioned about when Tamara was asking her about gardening, she mentioned something about she has an avocado tree and they like to grow tomatoes and some other things too. So she f- said she would ship us some avocados, and she did. And I understand not only Harper was involved, but her sister Miller and, her, of course, her mom was part of it, too. But anyway, so they shipped a big box of avocados to us, it was which fabulous. we got Monday. And they put an apple in the box just to help ripen. have the gas and so it could try and ripen some more on the way because they were very firm, which you'd want what when they travel. I love the tips about that. Do. You know, Well, they, they emit, I think, ethylene. Is it ethylene? Yes, it's yes, ethylene, ethylene um, yeah. Uh, when, they, when they ripen, and then so that would help then make the avocados ripen. So, yeah, if you want a banana huh. to ripen quickly, if you've got a green banana put an apple next to it put them in the same bowl together and and it'll ripen way way too quickly actually i've had that happen many times so anyway anyway. (laughs) we we were gauging them and it was hard to say because of how firm they were whether we would have it this weekend or the next week or whatever but they really came on hard yeah they came on strong so uh well Guacamole was prepared yesterday. Yeah, I heard I missed a party here yesterday you know what and now i am a fan big fan of the creamy California avocados versus the Mexican ones. Let me tell you. Oh, they were, it was oh, creamy. Oh, man. my gosh. Well, okay. wow. I mean, I, yeah, you could actually try it on there. Oh, she's going to have breakfast to. right here in front of <laughs> us. You guys are all talking about <laughs> so, see, that's And this is the, uh, we got a postcard from her also. Oh, how cool. So, um, yeah, that's for you to read also. Isn't that cool? That is what very a sweetheart. cool. I yeah. just this is just fabulous. Harper and her mom and what was her sister's name again? Miller. 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 Santa Monica. Harper and Miller and Mama. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. seriously, it was fabulous. But anyway, and thank you for making the guac. Oh, it's <laughs> okay. You, you may not thank me this afternoon when you still taste it. <laughs> oh. That's okay. But it was your own garlic that you put in it, right? You, yeah, the, the garlic, garlic did come from our garden. It was the only thing that was. Actually local here, garden, yeah. yeah. Everything else was. Uh, well, it's too early. It's just way too early. Oh, for yeah, that. Yeah. isn't that great that you still have some to share and use? Oh yeah, from last year. Oh, yeah. He's planting more for us this year. Oh, it got planted last fall. <laughs> oh, okay, girl. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> If, if you don't recognize that, that's Tamara eating on air for the first time <laughs> in her career. I turned my mic down so they wouldn't have to hear me <laughs> crunching. <laughs> so but delicious. you're right. John's awesome? right the texture. And, 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 and I know we can't grow avocados here in our backyard, but we can grow other cool things. Sure. And, and again, there's if you haven't done much vegetable or herb gardening, again, even if it's something simple with just a couple things in a pot, you just got to do it because it's the best. Yeah, oh, it yeah. is. It's so rewarding and yes, it's so it tasty rewarding. and mm-hmm. the nutrient level is just so much better. And Harper's eight years old? Is that, is that, yeah, do I remember nine. right? Yep. So, so that someone that young can be that engaged in uh, food production I never and share it. 
I, I just think that's fabulous. That's so, wonderful. And that kind of goes back to how you were Talented. raised and, and your mom and your grandmother. Yeah. I don't remember if great-grandmother great was grandmother. Involved, involved too. Absolutely. That that you gardened with them. You oh, learned yeah. so much from them. And that instilled this passion for gardening that's lasted more than a couple of decades. In fact, well, thanks. Har- Harper mentioned her. I thought it was three, but uh, you know. <laughs> Gam Gam? Or I can't remember what she called her, but she her, was. Her, her great grandma in Florida. In, yes. Oh, in Florida. And her grandmother in North Carolina, I believe, too. No. Or South no. Carolina? No. Yeah. yeah. That was another You're confused with another night. That was another show. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so I, but, but anyway, it, it's the, it's whether it's one generation or the next or. You know, a generation removed, so it's a grandparent or a great-grandparent. I mean, yeah. You have so much to share and teach. It could be a, a neighbor, an older neighbor sharing yeah. with a younger oh, neighbor. Yeah. It, yeah. Just whatever it might be. And it's so rewarding. Oh, my it gosh. Is. And yeah. and for for a young person to to feel that kind of reward is just fabulous. So it's you know, just growing a tomato. You don't have to have a, a, a plot of ground to grow tomatoes on. Yeah, I grow tomatoes in containers. Absolutely. That's to keep the squirrels out of it, and but it doesn't okay. work. They, I mean, oh, heck how yeah. much room do the roots need? Not as much as you think, probably. Depends okay. upon the variety to some extent. Fair will be. If it's a determinate or indeterminate, you know, if it's going to be a smaller plant that stays three or four feet tall versus one that wants to get six or eight feet tall if it had the room to grow. And that's what he mentioned, determinate and indeterminate. Determinate means that it has, uh, it's going to be a smaller shrub. Indeterminate means that it's a vine. It's just going to keep growing. It's going to keep oh, growing. Okay. So you want to try to look at that information on the seed packets or the, the, the labels in the pots of the, uh, the the plugs that you can get this spring uh, because it can make a difference. Well, it, it, even if you're growing in the ground. So if you're going to get a, a vine that's 10 feet tall, you need to know that ahead of time. <laughs> and uh, I, I wouldn't think that, but some of the beans can can grow that long, can't they? Oh, heck With yeah. The Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. Duh. Heck Yeah. <laughs> Did you never read that book? I, I grew up in town. I didn't. You didn't read. I, I thought it was a fairy tale. You didn't have your FFA jacket on reading Jack and the Beanstalk. No. Oh. That would have been better, though. That would have been so cool. That would have. John <laughs> did. Were nope. you an FFA? Well, duh. Duh. Well, good for you. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. So, stuff's rolling in right and left. John's got something to Well, yeah. I do. Yeah. Does anybody have anything blooming in their yard at this moment? No. Ha, ha, ha. I do. What? I have the Galanthus for oh, the snowdrops. Oh, sure, of course. Snowdrops. Nice. Oh, man, how fun. Oh, no kidding. I cannot yeah. believe that. Just big masses of them. Cool. I can it. Yeah. That's really yeah. fabulous. Won't be long for um, Arianthus will be out. Yep. And crocus. Crocus. Yes. My uncle's on Crocus Watch. So some yeah. of the Crocus earliest watch? things are these yeah. early <laughs> spring bulbs, these woodland-type yeah, yeah. bulbs, right? Yep. And you have some hellebore that are moving along pretty good, you oh, say? Uh, a week ago, just right after the snow had finally melted, um, I-, I could see new growth coming. You're so, yeah. So have you looked at them in the last four days? No, I haven't. I bet you they've popped up another... Oh, I'll bet they've just screamed out of the ground. Yeah, absolutely. If the rabbits didn't eat them off. Oh, no. You know what? Rabbits don't um, mess with those too much. And those are sighted on the south side. So they're in an area that will eventually be shaded when some trees leaf out. But right now they're getting a lot of sun and a lot of warmth. So that's why they're further along. I've got some hellebore that are in a northeast 
situation. Sure. So they just don't get that heat, that quick warm up like Mary Ann's got. So they I'm, haven't broken out yet. No, all I have is residual yeah, yeah. foliage and stems from last. Yeah, year I, I need to get out and cut mine off. Uh, and you know, I as for two years now, I've, I've done both things just to see which performed better: uh, cutting the foliage off in the fall because I know it's not going to make it through the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because hellebores have a tendency to be what we call semi-evergreen. Mm-hmm. They'll make it into the winter, through the winter. Oh, no, not now. Oh. So <laughs> they start browning and turning not so nice. But um, there's one theory, which I'm practicing, trying to practice, is cutting off in the fall when I do cleanup. Okay. Or leaving that to, that protects part of the crown throughout the winter and then cutting off in the spring but the problem with that is and i've done this more than once cutting it off in the spring i've cut off flower buds i don't want to do that i want to see those suckers you know yes (laughs) so you just have to be careful that's all so it's really going to come down to whichever way you feel like you're more in control Maybe, but I'm not sure it's the control. I just want them to perform well. I, yes, it is the control. Okay. <laughs> but I want them to perform well, too. And you know what? There's there's critters that use it for protection. So. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. So. I can't believe you got flowers. I can't. I'm jealous. Well, for once, I got something that you don't have. <laughs> <laughs> no. You also have poison ivy. <laughs> that's oh, that's true. You've got two things I don't have. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, I, that's got to be a treat, especially when you're out there walking the dogs. No, just to enjoy. And again, it's just like you work so hard in the yard. Just take a few minutes and enjoy these things oh, as they yeah. layer out. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's why we've got it. That's what that's what it's for. Exactly. To enjoy. Yeah. Relax and enjoy. Yeah. And then I'm thinking there's a little bit of those tips of the daffodils trying to poke through. Mine are definitely poking the, through. Under the leaves. <laughs> I've got leaves. Not very tall, but mm, sure. I'm beginning to have I'm going to go scouting tomorrow. Wow. I, I haven't paid attention to that. You need to. Get out there. Do it. I w- yeah, I haven't either. But yeah. yeah, that's exciting. But, you know, with all the warmth we've got, and the, as, as warm as the soil is, things have, things are just, like, screaming out of the ground. Yeah. It's crazy. And especially <laughs> where the, where it's really sunny. Oh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Nice. Our text line is 351-5357, and we have a text now that asks, do I need to fertilize my hibiscus while it's indoors because it has lots of blooms? Lucky. Wow. Already. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. You know, I've had hibiscus indoors. We're talking tropical now. Um, Hibiscus indoors to winter it over because I loved it so much. I, I it actually ended up not being worth the trouble, but um, you know you you want to cut them back so that they're not so gangly. And um, I start fer- started fertilizing. It was probably at the beginning of April, because that's when they're really going to do that that spurt burst. But if if they're blooming, I would actually start. I think. What do you guys think? I I personally wouldn't treat it differently than any other house plant when it comes to fertilizing it so it's probably so, so i'm, think about I'm it waiting anyway. for permission and the green light to start to fertilize my yeah. house plants but i haven't been given permission yet because every time i talk about pruning or fertilizing there's a little bit of pushback from yeah. john and marianne it's time well, it's it's getting to be the time yeah how about let's make saint patrick's day the key well that's what i figured i'd try again about then <laughs> So, it, yeah, we always 
try to put it with a, a some kind of event or yeah. something that's yes. going to be remembered Where all the time. St. Patrick's Day, start Day feeding your plants. You can prune then. Okay. But, it, you know, it's dependent on how much sunlight we're getting. We're getting so much more sunlight. Oh, my gosh, thank you. Um, I know. It's just that's when plants are starting to be stimulated and doing their thing again. Yep, that's mm-hmm. the whole key is the is the longer days, yeah. more and sun than plants are going to, because basically over the winter, plants are just kind of almost dormant, really. Hanging out. They're not going to grow a lot just because the, it's, it's cold, even though it's warm in the house, there's not that much light. Kind of the same way we feel, we want to yeah. hibernate. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, so, so, yes, it's time to start thinking about fertilizing. We're talking about houseplants? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Yes. It's definitely time to think about it. And should you do it? Would there be any harm in doing it? No. Do it. Okay. It's time. Yes, yep. it is. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Do it. All right. It's okay, yep. Steve. So, back to the caller. Yes, that'd be fine. But knowing that certainly there's a lot of time between now and the time it's going to go outside. Like Marianne said, I'd probably whack it back big time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'd be cutting off a lot of that growth. Or if I don't do it now and I want to milk it, I'm going to whack it back really well before I put it outside. Yep. Because it's going to have a hard time adjusting to the light level difference anyway. And you could easily burn a lot of the foliage that yeah. was inside, uh-huh. not in the wind, not getting as much sun uh, when it goes outside. So I'd rather do a whack on it and have it so it's more of a controlled thing. And So you take it out, it's going to lose a lot of those leaves anyway. So yeah. you might as oh, well yeah. just cut the stems off and, and give it less to have to support. And they're so stinking big inside. Yeah. It's really hard because you do get this growth. And I, I bet you I bet you, easily half of the people that overwinter hibiscus have it blooming inside over the winter. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, it may not be as strong. The flowers may not have as rich of a color. Right. Uh, the growth is stretched out, but it's still a great flower. Yeah, it is. You know? And so uh, trying to keep it in control size-wise is tough because it doesn't. nothing outside seems as large as it is once you cross that threshold and you get it inside the house and you get into a normal-sized room versus the outdoors. The like, scale is just completely uh, different. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to get around that So do I want that hibiscus or that chair? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and more than likely it's probably stretched with some growth over the winter or, or it's just be, it's probably lost a lot of leaves and it yeah. looks like more like sticks with some flowers on it and i think this would be the ideal time to to cut it back oh and i do too let it rejuvenate. start fertilizing it yeah i think absolutely now's the time i'm going to start uh, fertilizing my palm trees hopefully they lived my uh, potting shed lost heat during the cold oh no and i i think i've lost a lot of the plants in it but i'm hoping the palm trees are Hope, 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 hope they're still alive. So I'm going to start fertilizing them right now because enough light to stimulate growth. So. Okay. That's good to know. Ta-da. And we'll see. Right. Yeah, we'll see. So so back to the grass seed thing just for a minute. Oh, Again, yeah, grass seed. The, the soil may or may not be dry enough that you could prepare the soil. Again, you want to check it and see if it sticks together or if it crumbles in your hand, and that will right. be a good indication. The seed has to be incorporated into the soil. And temperatures are not a problem. It's just really more a matter of soil moisture. Can I prepare it, get the seed embedded in the soil? If I need to level it, fill in bare spots with some topsoil or some organic matter or whatever I might need to do. And John and Marianne mentioned another important point. If you're going to fertilize or use crabgrass preventers or any kind of herbicide coming up this spring, keep that in mind. 
you really don't have time to say, well, I'll put down grass seed now, and then I'll put down a crabgrass preventer after it all comes up because you'll be too late right. with the application of the crabgrass preventer. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind either with forego the crabgrass preventer in the area that you're going to sow grass seed or buy the specialty one that's earmarked for when you sow seed. Um, and then just be mindful, too, that if you control broadleaf weeds, Later on this spring, you typically want to have mowed uh, a newly sown grass area two or three times before you subject it to the stress of a broadleaf weed killer. Yes. So keep that in mind. So if you typically, if we recommend you'd so treat broadleaf weeds closer to Mother's Day ish, first of May, somewhere in that ballpark and not too early, uh, you just kind of need to backtrack from that. Well, if that means. I'm going to do that. That means I need to get the seed down fairly soon so I can hopefully get it to germinate so I can get those two or three mowings in before I subject it to that weed killer or push the weed killer application back closer to late May so you have plenty of time for it to be sturdy and established. And I I have a lot of questions from customers that want to do some seeding and they have a lawn service. So you want to be sure. Oh, yeah to either delay that service or talk to them about what applications they're, what they're starting making, with. Right. Because sometimes they're out there, right, getting really close to right now, they're out. Right. They're out. Yep. So That's when, a good point. And what are they doing, do you think? S- preventative? The, the same things we're seeding. talking about. Yeah. They're probably putting down crabgrass preventers and fertilizers. First. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it, it's difficult because if you put yourself in their position, they've got a long list of people to to put the application down for sure. it. And some people are going to be happy to fall exactly at the perfect time. Some people are going to be ahead of the perfect time and some people are going to be behind the perfect time. And mm. that's just the way it is. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you went to a restaurant, are y'all going to get served at the same time? No, <laughs> probably not. So, Fair um, enough. yeah. So you'll see the trucks out there, but I think that's a really good point. If you do Absolutely. want to sow grass seed, communicate with them yes. and perhaps mark off areas that you've sown seed in so they know not to apply that or they can apply a specialty one if, if they have that available as an option for you. Okay, good. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. Plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. Let's go to the phones where Nancy and Pasodum is calling to join us. Hey Nancy, how are you this morning? I'm great, thank you. Good. I have two two questions really. One is um, last summer I experienced uh, for the first time, uh, squash bugs, and um, they really ate up my zucchini. And I was wondering, um, is there what? I don't know anything about them. <laughs> I was like, what are these bugs? I mean, are they? Well, have they probably maybe laid eggs and they're going to come back? Is there something I can do to uh, put in the soil? Or that's my first question. I think you'll find them to be mobile, and I don't know that just because you had them last year that is, you'll have is year, necessarily right? an indication you could have them. I think you're going to be looking for them this year, so you can maybe be a, ahead of them um, if you start to see a few of them around. Um, you have you've grown squash in previous years, and you haven't had that problem, correct? No, no, uh, no, I haven't. I, I we we didn't know. So it's been a couple years, the garden hadn't been used for a couple years, and so last summer I, I did get it going again, and um, and then I I got these squash bugs. So, 
I managed to get maybe four zucchinis, and then I thought, oh, these are just, this is just not a pretty sight. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. so, I don't know if you guys have a specific recommendation, but it, it might come down to a combination of cultural control and then also uh, perhaps some sort of repellent or insecticide um, that you could apply to the plants. And uh, by cultural control, I think the best thing is to clean things up and scout. And if you see some, you can probably nab them and destroy them. Um, because I think it's like a lot of other things. You get some feeding on the plant, and then it draws more. Um, and you can maybe stay ahead of it, and it's a smaller population. And if I was going to use an insecticide, I'd look at a few different labels. Personally, I'm not going to put an insecticide on my vegetables, and I'd probably look at something like diatomaceous earth and sprinkle it on the plants. Hmm. Um, but there are some insecticide powders and dust that are available that you could look at the label on and see if that works for you. Okay. Okay, and what was that word you said? Diatomaceous? Is that That's the word? right. You're really That's, good. That's it's it. easier to pronounce than it is to spell. <laughs> uh, I, and I attempted to spell it exactly the way you said it. So. Yeah, and, and yeah, phonetically, if you just type it in, and we carry it here, uh, at least in one size, if not two sizes. And it's something, unfortunately, you'd have to reapply after rains, um, but it's a good natural uh fine crystallish powder that uh, bugs and critters do not like to crawl up on it because it actually slices them up, cuts them. Mm. Wow. Oh, yeah, my goodness. So take, take comfort in that. <laughs> yeah. <I'm sure>. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> get up. <laughs> but but uh, Steve's oh, wow. right. I think uh, scouting is is the key when you're growing, you know, fruits, vegetables, or, or any anything. Sure. Just making sure you're aware of what's happening every every day or two just to try to get ahead of it as opposed to all of a sudden oh i have this big infestation that the the other thing that steve mentioned is cleanup because it, mm-hmm. a lot of insects and diseases carry over in debris that lays in the garden whether it's a vegetable garden or an ornamental garden so cleanup can be an essential part of it and scouting the two very important things okay i know so you and you can you. collect them like you would a Japanese beetle or a June beetle. They're sure. they're not so quick that you can't take some soapy water in a pan and flick them in there and then dispose of them. Yep. Oh, really? So That's, kind of have yeah. a soapy water pan available and Yeah, if, yeah. if you see some I would I would knock them off and then consider putting the diatomaceous earth somewhat as a preventative then. To, yeah, exactly. Okay, that sounds, that's all doable. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> okay. Understandable. Um, yeah, my other question is, um, I know, I know I hear you talk about hydrangeas all the time and cut off the dead um, flowers in the fall or not, enjoy them in the winter. Well, I, I have a tendency to, I've left them on the past several years and, I'm wondering if I could cut them off now. The winds really tore them up this this winter, but I I was wondering if it's okay for me to trim them now. Do you know what varieties them. they are? The I think they're the limelight. 
Oh yeah. Green something like that. You know, they're right. just beautiful. They're just they've just done absolutely beautiful on the That's north awesome. side of my house. And uh, yeah, they're just they're so good. And I I I trimmed them in the last couple springs, um, but I don't remember what time. I know, as you say, everybody's anxious right now to <laughs> get out and do something. So I was thinking that. This is probably earlier than I've done the last couple of years, but I was, I was thinking it's probably okay to do that now. I personally, I get out and do it. it that's a paniculata, and they'll they'll bloom on new wood. So anything you're cutting off is not going to have probably not going to have flowers on it anyway. So I wouldn't hesitate. And if you if you need to shape your bush, you can take it down some. So I wouldn't hesitate to get out. In fact, Nancy, I'm going to do that tomorrow, I think. So I have some minor paniculatas also. I have Bobo, which had just a profuse number of flowers on it. It's just beautiful, like your limelight. But I'm, I think uh-huh. that now is, now is a fine time to do it. Oh, great, great. And, and your Bobo, I've heard you talk about the Bobo a lot. So I have to come out and see it and maybe find uh, some places to put a few. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have them. <laughs> It's cool like limelight, just a whole lot smaller and a little bit more of a pure white flower and a little yes. bit less of a lime green yeah. white flower. It was That's just a bubble. Prof- yeah, profuse bloomer. I just yeah. You have some too, don't you, John? Yeah, they, yeah, they just perform so well. I was so tickled with them. And the limelights, every, every time I see them, and, and you can just pick them out in a the garden. They yes. do bloom beautifully. I'm glad you had that, that um, good, Success. good reaction with them. Yeah. 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 So you don't have the bobo in yet? You said no, no. We we don't have hydrangeas in yet, but soon. Yeah, if if not by the end, of, if not within a week, certainly within two weeks. Within two weeks, yeah. Okay, all right. I I will be around. Fabulous. Right. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks, Nancy. Nancy. Thank you. Bye bye. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. You can text us at three five one five three five seven. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Can we go back to grass seed for just a few minutes? Let's John. do, John. No, let's not. Let's well, you know, I know it's there's boring. way too much grass in the it's world. It's boring. Come I on. know. I don't like it either. <laughs> okay, go ahead. What do you think of? I think the one of the big issues with grass seed is people that have heavily wooded areas or uh-huh. super dense shaded areas, oh, whether yeah. it's we're gonna have a little pity party now, right? Or, or <laughs> no, we're not having pity because I don't. Okay, I don't. I, you I, don't want it. I'm not growing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I, I, I understand why, especially if you do live in town and you have those dense shade areas, that, that you would want grass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the, the American way. People that, that, people want a lawn. I'm well, over it. <laughs> I think, though, that um, there are grass seeds that will do okay in some shade. We mm-hmm. have a sunshade mix and a sunny a shady mix, yeah. which which are okay. But there's always going to be huge amounts of competition underneath trees yep. for for a lot of reasons. The sun, the water com- water and nutrient competition from the from the trees. Mm. Just uh, some trees like maples that have real shallow root systems. It's uh, how many times a week do you get questions about what can I grow into that maple tree? Yeah. It's just really difficult. So yeah. I say pots, <laughs> containers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good. Because, uh, yes, I can imagine, especially if you live around uh, an area like, uh, uh, say, downtown, 
uh, Champagne, even, or Urbana, where the trees are just abundant and mature. Big old trees, yes. Yeah. So that their canopies just interconnect and mm-hmm. it kind of blocks the sunlight for yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, the as Marianne said, it's the, the there's, there's no, there's no natural sun or bright sun because it's so dense. Uh, competition between giant maple or oak trees or whatever type of trees you have. Uh, and it can also be buildings blocking any type of exactly. light. Exactly. So, Good point. So it's always, and the other big factor is it's always going to be dry because how does the rain get down under all those big canopies? And when, when it does, roots? the tree sucks it up. Exactly. The root, all those big roots just, I'm first. I need the water. Hmm. So so if, if you had the ability to make it a, a bed, a garden bed, and it's barked, whether you have things planted in that bed or whether you have pots and containers on top of the bark, you could at least eliminate the mud and the bare soil. Sure, absolutely. absolutely. And if you don't have that ability to do that and you want to play the grass game every year, um, even the grasses that are marked, whether we sell it or somebody else sell it, sells it and it's marked for shade or sunshade, these grasses don't want to be grown in less light. They just are a tolerant. little bit more tolerant. Yeah. Tolerant, yeah. But they're still, they still want sun. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're only going to do so well. And a lot of times people will sow grass seed and they'll be diligent about watering or the spring rains make it come up. And then all of a sudden they tur- turn around and it's the middle of June or the end of June and it's fizzled out. Yep. Yeah. And it's back to what John and Marianne were saying. It's because the root competition, uh, the, the moisture competition from the roots of the tree is just so great. And it's become so shaded that the grass just kind of disappears right. again. And that's... Oh, I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. you go ahead first. That's always going to be there, that root competition. You can limb up a tree to a very high canopy and get a little more sunlight, some uh, ambient light, some filtered light. But the root, roots are always going to be there. Yeah, and if somebody compete. says, well, I'll just till up all those roots so they're not, well, that's not good for the tree. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that <laughs> just know? gave me chills. So. Ooh. Then let's talk ground covers. If, sure. if you can't do grass, in an area like that, is there anything that one could do? Oh, absolutely. There's a number of them. But, again, you're still going to have competition with the tree yep. uh, to make it stand. But, you know, a couple of the most aggressive ground covers still in this area would be English ivy. Yep. Euonymus uh, coloratus. Uh, snow on the mountain. The agapodium kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, Lily of the Valley. Pachysandra. Well. Lily of the Valley. I, I cannot tell you how many years it took me to rid myself of lily of the valley and it's oh. a beautiful little ground cover but man is yeah, it it's, pernicious it, and it's funny how geographical that is as we were we carry a plant called apodastra which is a cast iron plant uh is a house plant that takes relatively low light that's the lily of the valley of the south i, I mean, didn't, re- I didn't it, yeah it's, it's just make that connection it's just it's got the same leaf shape sure just a bigger taller just plant. big yeah I can't Crazy. Believe. So we're open till 6 today. We're open 10 to 5 tomorrow. Thank you. Good. And then 8, no, 9 to 7, Monday through Friday. So our hours are creeping out just a little bit as spring starts to unfold. So excellent. Coming out and take a look. Enjoy the flowers. We've got a few things going on out here. Yeah, we do. <laughs> You've been listening to Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens with plant experts Mary Ann Metz, Steve Brown, and John Weisgarber. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our producer is Dave Leake. 
Thanks to Nancy for calling in and to everybody who texted us your interesting questions. We appreciate that. Thanks for joining in on the show. We'll be back next week, of course. And in the meantime, if you want to email us, you can do so at plantexperts at wdws.com. And a podcast of the show will be available later at wdws.com. Have a great weekend.